You're listening to Optional Opinions, the only podcast done by average dudes for average Joes. So quit listening, Amir. So we're here today to talk about House of the Dragon Episode 9 and Rings of Power Episode 8. I'm your co-host, Brandon. And I'm Kyle. And unfortunately, David Davis. David. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I've done that before, low-key. Yeah. And, and <laughs> to Brandon's fairness, we literally just said the name David before we started recording. So I Thank give you. him a Thank pass you. on this one. Thank you for your support. Speaking of support, if you would like to support this channel, you can head over to our Patreon and subscribe. Is that what you do? Or you pay, you pledge? Is that? I don't. I'm new. Anyways, um, <laughs> I think it's become a member. I you think become a member. That sounds like an is. OnlyFans. Uh, anyways, it? I don't. I honestly, no I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't know what OnlyFans does. Oh uh, man, this ad is horrible. That's uh, basically a summation of our podcast. <laughs> uh, we, uh, yeah, so the Patreon links down below. We also have some merch that you can check out. I have, I purchased my own optional opinion socks, which I wear those on the reg. And uh, you could too for some disclosed amount of money that I don't know off the top of my head. Anyways, Davis is not here. That's what I was going for. And... But the segue presented itself, so, you know, why not? Hey, yeah, I got to jump at them when they're there. <laughs> so, unfortunately, he is in Disneyland, so, or at least traveling to, uh, currently on my way to Disneyland, which... This guy. He could have been you know, here. I literally just listened to a podcast last week, two weeks ago, about Disney adults. It's pretty interesting. Are, like complaining about them or no it's just like <laughs> so I, I, have you heard of armchair expert uh no oh bless <laughs> that you was april bless you april um so it, it's a podcast essentially but um one of the segments they do or like one of the shows within the show is about a guy from who from new zealand who got like stuck in america i guess maybe during covid or something i don't actually know the full story but um anyway he like he basically does like he calls them documentaries, I guess maybe, but he just does like random episodes on things that make America America essentially, and like random things that are just like New Zealand doesn't have that's interesting about America. And Disney Adults was one of them. <laughs> so he went into, you know, he kind of took both sides of what a Disney adult is, I guess, or I don't know. It's pretty interesting. And it wasn't like it, it didn't say like. Oh, they're terrible or, oh, they're great. You know, it wasn't like one way or the other, but and anyway. if you at home are wanting to know what a Disney adult is, you can either listen to that podcast or listen to Davis on our podcast and find out. True, true, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, House of the Dragon, episode nine. Uh, my wires are a little crossed here because I was just listening to our last episode. So um, you're going to have to kick us off and remind me how it started. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm dumb. The king died, and the servant goes and tells uh, the queen, and plots ensue. Yes, and which, in hindsight, like, I don't know how I didn't make that prediction, like, what that happened this episode. I don't know how I didn't make the prediction, like, the our last recording, our last episode, because, like, literally 10 minutes before, like, I turned the show on, I thought to myself, oh, they're probably going to like essentially stage a coup and make Aegon the king. And yeah, it was like so clear to me 10 minutes before I, I started watching it. And then sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So, yeah. And I, I honestly really appreciated this episode. They didn't, they didn't look like focus on Rhaenyra at all. This was like just solely like the, the nuts and bolts of like what it is to throw a coup. And I took notes anyways. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> So it was just good. Like I was a little afraid that they were just going to skip over this part and be like, and now there's infighting, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I agree. I thought it was very good. Just the politics of it all is very riveting. It's like, you usually don't expect politics to be that interesting. So <laughs> it's always nice when, when there's really well-written stuff behind it. 
Yeah, no, for sure. It's, uh, I also, I really enjoyed like being able to see, uh, the, the Queens. I, I forget her name. Um, Allison, Allison. Yeah. I, like as a, as an actor, like her range of being able to express emotion, like for like the King's death, I was kind of interested to see how that would play out. Um, and she did a phenomenal job. Like she killed it this episode. Oh yeah. 100% agree. It, it was like, yeah, she, she crushed it for sure. I mean, there were so many different emotions and stuff that she had to display and it, it felt very genuine and it was, it, yeah, it was quite impressive. I, I agree with that. Like her finding out that her husband and the council had been essentially planning a coup. Like it's, it's what she wanted, but to like realize that they were like, they were going about it behind her back in such nefarious ways, like really. Well, the king wasn't in on it. Her husband wasn't in on it. I'm sorry. Did I say the king? I meant the hand. Um, like the hand, like her father and like Allison's father. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, but like her, her realizing the like, just like who her father is. And like, you kind of see this, like almost doubt, like she wants her son to be King because that's what she truly believes that her husband, the King told her, uh, was his wish, his dying wish essentially. And she wants to fulfill that. And for selfish reasons, she wants her kid to be on the throne. Uh, but I don't think she, honestly, I feel like she's probably the most moral character in the show. I don't know if that exists in the show, but uh, she, I don't know. There's just a lot of like con- conflict within her and like the actress did an amazing job expressing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think she's done some pretty immoral things already. So, but I do agree that, um, she, her, the actress does a really good job of portraying just, yeah, the internal battles that are happening in her head and just trying to keep things straight, especially when she had to like she essentially had to go against her father even, which was, it became an interesting, you know, kind of switch as well. Um, and yeah, I, I, I respect the decision she made. <laughs> I feel like it's a lot of people in her position would have probably made similar decisions. Um, and so that, that always helps too, that it's not like she's not going crazy off the wall doing like things that nobody would ever think to do. It's, it seemed very rational. It kind of just all the things that happened, one after another. And so I guess that goes into the, the writing. It was just so well thought out. Yeah. So after that whole sequence of events, like most of the show revolves around them trying to find Aegon and which I actually really enjoyed. I liked getting to see a little bit more of like the nitty gritty of like flea bottom. Uh, Cause we hear about that area all the time in like game of thrones and like even in this show and like just seeing like how much of a like crapshoot that that place actually is really just puts into context a lot of the characters who grew up in that area like seeing the kids in like the fighting pits like who've filed oh, their was, teeth and nails oh, that, was that was brutal so brutal yeah oh my gosh i like couldn't even watch it dude Ugh. yeah it, it was hard and I, I think it's like just that was just it was a really good ad for this show. And then having the conflict with the different like members of council who are just like, no, this is this is a coup. We like they have like morals and, and they're tr- like trying to like kind of rebel against the coup and they suffer for it, um, which I don't think a lot of them realized how much they were going to suffer for it. (laughs) Uh, But I just, I I really love seeing that internal conflict, especially um, brought out within the twins. Uh, Eric and Eric, I think is literally what their names are. No way, actually. Yeah. (laughs) I think like, it's like, like Eric is spelled differently twice. It's like, it's kind of funny. And I love it. Uh, It's like the laziest parents ever. (laughs) Oh, wait, there's two. I only had one name. Well, (laughs) I guess I'll just change the letter. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I loved seeing their conflict, like uh, 
Eric when he was really trying to obey the obey the hand and then the other Eric was trying to like just kind of like I just don't care you know like just let Aegon wither into nothingness like I don't care about him he wasn't helping his brother at all yeah I don't I guess I don't think it was I don't care per se I think he he had some pretty good internal conflict throughout the the entirety of the episode and the search and then I think it finalized once, you know, Cole and Eric started fighting that he's like, I think that's when he officially hit the point of, you know, I'm not going to go possibly die for this. It seemed to me like there was a lot of internal debates happening and he was trying to rationalize it with his brother, but he kind of just convinced himself into it. Maybe, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, you're trying to, he he's like having this gradual revelation throughout this episode of what kind of person like Aegon is. Cause I, I think only one of the brothers was really like his guard and like knew everything that was happening. Uh, at least that's the, that's the, what I got gathered from their, uh, their bickering throughout the episode. And yeah, like just yeah. through, through that gradual revelation, he's just like, no, this is, this is madness. There's no way the King would have, wanted him to be on the throne like because i think a lot of people even if they're just guards they can kind of they kind of have a good idea of like the king's temperament and personality like a lot of the people in the high council were talking about like this is or at least the one guy that got killed that was brutal too. <laughs> that was i was not expecting that <laughs> yeah that was like oh man i mean honestly it helped them it, like you know it, it furthered their own uh, position in the council's path moving forward. But I, I appreciate how it wasn't intended, <laughs> but it also was like a very clear sign of what's about to come. But yeah, I mean, back to the brothers real quick. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure wasn't it the, the one who ended up um, going to get princess Reina and, and kind of setting her free. He was the one that was, the one who didn't want Aegon as king was the yeah, one that... that was yeah, the same guy. That was Watt. That was, that was Eric. <laughs> right, his official guard or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's not the one that, <laughs> that like... That was Eric. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't like Aegon's like, guard. It was his brother or his twin. I thought it was his guard. I thought it was the opposite. That could be... I don't know. I I would need to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, April just goes, are you talking about Eric? (laughs) 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 So anyway, yeah. And and then he was a a great character. I really enjoyed. Uh, I hope we get more of him as well. If he doesn't die. Yeah, he's probably going to die. But like, I enjoyed him. So we'll see. That's what happens with every Game of Thrones character that you enjoy, dude. Yeah, don't get, your hopes, don't get your hopes up. Yeah, but I, I feel like I'm pretty sure he was the guard, the one who ended up not wanting Aegon as king. Because I'm sure he would have seen that the king literally does not care about Aegon at all. Like, at all. When is it? When has they even interacted, the two of them, you know? Yeah. Like, to the king, this dude doesn't exist. So the guard probably knows that. It is like, there's no way the king wanted this. Which, yeah. Everyone should be able to tell that's within the, the, the walls of the castle anyway. Yeah. So we get after Aegon's found, Rhaenyra is the one that finds him first. Or, or, or I guess, yeah, she gets a hold of him. And I, I, I didn't really understand, if I'm being honest, like the game of like who can get him first. Like I get that she wants to be able to like whisper in his ear, like, Hey, don't kill Rhaenyra, please. But like, does she really think that that's gonna have that big of a difference? If she's able to tell him that like pre or post, like talking to his grandfather. Yeah. I think it makes a big difference because it's essentially, I think they were, they were fighting each other trying to get to him first to decide who's going to be the one that's whispering things in his ear, essentially. That was the fight to see who's the one that's actually empowered behind Aegon, I think is what it symbolized. Because, you know, whoever gets him first, 
essentially gets to tell him the events that have happened and are going to happen and they can spin it however they'd prefer. So I think it was, it's more so about who gets to control the throne through Aegon. I guess, but I mean, it's not like they have sole access to Aegon after capturing him. Like they, they can still whisper in his ear regardless of who is the first to get him. Yeah. But they can pin him against the other person, essentially. You know, like, based on how they describe what's happening, what's going to happen, they can make him trust them over the other person. Okay, I guess that makes a little more sense. So, I guess that's the way I viewed it, is is they were fighting for who's going to be the hand, pretty much. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and I guess that that further solidifies itself with the conversation that uh, she had with Princess, R- not Rhaenyra, R- Rainies, Rainies, yeah, and their conversation about being able to slowly guide the men that are in power, um, and how Rainies was like, "Have you not ever wanted to sit on the Iron Throne yourself?" And like that whole power dynamic, which was. Really interesting. I really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I didn't realize how impactful that conversation was actually going to be. Yeah, I know, for real. (laughs) Oh, man. That's like, I guess, do you want to jump to the end? Yeah, I I mean... It's kind of a natural segue, but... Yeah, there's there's like little things here and there that happen, but yeah, so we get to the, the coronation, and it's in the Citadel, which I guess I missed that that's where they kept the dragons. I, I did not see it coming. I didn't realize the dragons were underneath the Citadel. Yeah, I actually don't know that I realized that either. Cassie was like, because when I told her afterwards, I'm like, yeah, I, I did not see that coming. She's like, really? Like, oh, I knew she was getting the dragon as soon as she left. And I was like, oh, well, you pay more attention than I do, I guess. You should have a podcast. I didn't even know she left. I didn't know she left. Did they show that? Yeah, they showed her leaving. They showed her going in an underground tunnel. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I missed that. Uh, I mean, she was cloaked, so maybe you just thought it was random crowd movement. I don't know. It was, yeah, maybe you're getting popcorn or something. <laughs> I, that did happen, actually, so <laughs> it could be. <laughs> so, yeah, she uh, she busts out from underneath, killing hundreds of people. Uh, <laughs> without without a, a whole lot of regard for them, which you know, oh, they're just common folk, you know. That's, that's true. <laughs> they're NPCs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was like, re- honestly, I was really confused because at first I was like, wait, is there like more like? Do you remember how like there was dragon fire in Game of Thrones stored under the Citadel? Uh, and Mer- and Mercy, Cersei blew it up. Yes. Uh, I so remember. I thought it was like, like an explosion from dragon fire initially. And then nope, surprise, a dragon pops out. And uh, yeah, she almost ends the whole rebellion or the whole coup right then and there and then chooses not to. Oh man, I wanted it, man. I really did. I thought it would have been epic. I know, I don't know. Maybe it's less interesting as a narrative going forward just because, like, well, then it kind of (laughs) puts a bow on everything and Rhaenyra comes back and assumes the throne and then, you know, no one's going to fight her because, well, now they're the only ones with dragons. But, oh, man, I wanted it. I Yeah, that is the one thing I feel like it didn't make a ton of sense. Just trying to put myself in that time period like a coup is treason and treason is like uh an offense punishable by death like i'm i'm pretty sure that's the case i mean they were like hanging people and like for wanting to go tell rhaenyra they were uh, the, the previous king was talking about uh how if anyone questioned the Rhaenyra's children's claim to the throne. I don't know if he said he'd kill them or at least have their tongue. Like there's it's pretty serious crime. It's a pretty serious crime. And I feel like she would have been morally justified in that time period. So I'm not really sure why she didn't. 
besides like, oh, they're unarmed essentially. And she's a mother and I'm a mother. <laughs> Cause that's kind of what the uh, showrunners mentioned in uh, the after credit scene, like the uh, after show report. They were saying like her, some of her justification was like, yeah, like she's just doing what's best for her family. And I'm trying to do what's best for my family kind of thing. And so that's why she didn't do it. So what do you think about her decision to not kill them all? Yeah. So wait, are you saying that like, and after the fact, the showrunners were saying that it's just because like, oh, they're unarmed and I'm a woman and she's a woman. Is that pretty much it? More or less, that's a simplified version, but like basically they, the conversation they had in the castle kind of like made her see the queen in a different light and how uh, the boldness that she has. And it kind of, as far as I understand it, like reminds her of herself and that she is a mother who has lost all of her children and she knows what that is like and she doesn't want to be kind of like she she empathizes with the queen and Allison and yeah that's kind of why yeah i mean i guess that's that's what i got out of it and and also that like yeah i think she realized and she said it in the conversation too that she realizes that Allison is uh, there's much more <laughs> there than meets the eye that she's actually uh, pretty smart in how she's handling things and responding to this type of situation. And so, yeah, I think she realized that either way, it kind of sucks for her in terms of going forward, just because for her, meaning the princess, just because of like all the events that have happened. So like, I don't know which one is really better. It probably is a, a wash for her, to be honest. So I think, yeah, I think if that conversation didn't happen, then you know, they, they all die by fire, which would have been epic. But yeah, it, it was still a pretty intense moment. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, it was a great ending for the show, setting up the next episode. And I I can't wait for it. And uh, that's a good segue, I feel like, unless there's anything else you want to say about House of the Dragon. I ruined my um, segue, but... <laughs> I guess the only other thing would be uh, maybe ho- the whole Aegon Aemond. Is it Aemond? Is that the other one? Aemond, yeah. Yeah, I think that whole aspect to the brothers and one wants the throne, one doesn't. And um, I thought that was also a pretty interesting part. And I mean, it was pretty clear Aegon <laughs> knew that the king doesn't like him and, you know, even laughed when his mom told him that, hey, you know, that was his dying breath. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so. I thought that was all pretty interesting and it, it did make you empathize maybe a little more with Aegon, even though he's just such a terrible human being, but it did make you kind of see his point of view a little bit better. Um, just in the terms that he knows that really nobody wants him. <laughs> and so that, you know, that kind of sucks, but, um, and then, yeah, it was, it was also interesting to see the, the Aemon's side of things where, you know, he's been training his whole life to be a king or in leadership or in power. And it's given to his brother just because he's a little older, even though he sucks and nobody likes him. He doesn't even want it. Um, And so I did enjoy that kind of back and forth of it. Yeah. And like having that uh, conversation when they were like tackling each other or wrestling as brothers do, uh, (laughs) The him Aegon saying like, I'll, I'll go to a ship. I'll get a ship. I'll sail far away from here. You can be king. And the 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 hesitation in uh, his brother's face. It was it was really well done. And I have a lot more respect for that actor, uh, uh, Mister Crimson Chin. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, he did do good. But yeah, that that yeah, that's all I wanted to additionally add. That was really it. I'm mean, yeah, excited for the next episode. Excited for Rainier to find out and what what her, her and oh yeah, it's gonna be quite interesting. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's interesting and it's not just like all right, we'll just keep chilling then. <laughs> but you know, 
Yeah, the next episode is the last one, I believe, too, of the season. It's the season finale. So I, I have high hopes, and this show has uh, exceeded my expectations. And now we can talk about a show that has not exceeded my expectations. <laughs> oh, you still got a good segue in there. There it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, the Rings of Power season finale um, in itself wasn't bad. I will I will start by saying that. I have lots of complaints that I've already aired on this podcast, but for how they set it up, even though they set it up poorly, this episode did a fairly good job with with what it had going for it. <laughs> I'm just I'm just laughing at all the caveats there. <laughs> Lots of caveats. Lots of caveats for uh, half of a a compliment. I did enjoy it. I will like, just. I thought it was pretty good. I thought I it was pretty it. good. I enjoyed it. I d- was not expecting to enjoy it, uh, especially after the last episode. I didn't know where they were going to go with this episode. They they didn't set up a whole lot, and so they kind of had to do some setup work in this episode, and it it kind of worked. Um, but you know, it, it was fun. Yeah. I thought it was a great ending to the season. Honestly, I think they tied up everything pretty nicely. Uh, I was a little worried about that with all these different storylines going on that it was just kind of going to leave a bunch of open-ended questions. And I, I don't think that was really the case. I think, uh, they tied up a lot of it pretty well. Um, I guess the one thing we did kind of get left open-ended was like, that one son and the mother and that Dorn one elf. Dorn. No, those are the elves, right? Or oh, not the elves. The, the... the dwarves. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm talking about the uh, the humans, the two, the, the son and the mother. I don't know uh, their names. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Theon, one who had the hilt. Yeah, yeah. Theon and... Um... Yeah, anyway, whatever their names are. <laughs> I'm so bad at them. Sorry, guys. It's, it's rough, but... They they didn't really touch on that at all, so that was the only one where they just left it completely open, which I guess I don't even remember exactly where they last ended. Maybe it was tied up nicely for them, but... It was like Galadriel was telling Theon, like, hey, don't be bad. Like, don't let your dark thoughts corrupt you like they have for mine for a thousand years. Um, which I don't know what getting smacked in the face with a volcano does to change her view on vengeance, but when thousands of years of reason, but anyways, that was the last episode. Uh, (laughs) I will say the thing that probably annoyed me the most about this episode was the, the Harfoots, like the level one Harfoots going against a level 100 mage (laughs) and not dying instantly. Like that, that was like super campy and, um, like they're throwing rocks and the mages are like trying to kill them for like several minutes at a time. And I don't know. It was just, it was, it brought me out of it for, for that scene. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I can see that. I, I thought it was a pretty fun scene. Them kind of hiding in the trees. That's like what they do. They hide. And so they were just doing it well. So I don't know. I didn't have any big issues with it. I think it's the same in, almost every major movie ever there's you know some guy that's like way way overpowered and then people that are definitely not powerful enough end up winning it it happens all the time i feel like so but it's not even like a a david and goliath kind of thing it's like i don't know it's just i i think it's it's bad in everything else that it's done in too i don't think that makes it any better just because other shows or mediums do it yeah, I don't know. Their whole thing is they're like really good at hiding and they hid really well. I, I don't get what the I think I think they set precedent for that. Like, you know, that's how they survived for however many years. They just hide from things. So I guess I mean it, it whatever. It's it's neither here than there nor there. It just brought me out of the show for a little bit. But I did enjoy that whole scene, just everything to not do with the Harfoots. Uh where what's they uh they make you think for like half of the episode that um maybe Gandalf is Sauron uh which was fun i i enjoyed that i didn't ever think that that was going to be the case but i can see that being a a 
a pretty good plot twist and then also a retwist uh, towards the end of the, the show for a lot of people. They, they set that up pretty well, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I had no reason to believe that he wouldn't be Sauron when they said he was. So I was like, okay, that I was a little bummed. I was hoping he wasn't going to be. But when they, they said he was, I was like, I didn't question it. I was like, okay, dang, I guess he is Sauron. So worked for me anyway. <laughs> and then I, I was, I enjoyed the payoff where he's like, you know, he essentially turns them into whatever butterflies or insects or whatever he turned them into. And then he's like, I'm good. I enjoyed that part. That was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was good. I still think, I still think he's one of the blue wizards. I don't think he's Gandalf. Uh, but we'll see. That's, that hasn't been revealed to us quite yet. Yeah, I couldn't tell you one way or the other. My, my knowledge base is not <laughs> there. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that whole part. But I don't hate the, the Harfoots nearly as much as you do. So, I think that played into it a lot. Probably. Probably. Um, I mean, you just never see, like, that happening in, like... You say it's in like a lot of other films or movies, but like you don't see that happening in like the Lord of the Rings. Uh, anytime the hobbits are like trying to like defend themselves or like, uh, I don't know, like get away or something like that. People just like pick them up and they're not like effective at all in any of their attempts because they're just so small. <laughs> and uh, But like they use that smallness to like help them get into Mordor. And uh, anyways, um, <laughs> I digress. Didn't it happen? Like I, doesn't it happen in like, uh, what are the prequel movies or whatever with the, the dragon, the Hobbit. Yeah. Doesn't it happen in there where they're like with the dragon, especially. So I, I don't know. Honestly, I've watched those once like 10 years ago and, I have had no desire to watch them again, but I wouldn't consider that a good show to that's worth mimicking. I don't know. I guess for me, it's it's it goes back to the whole like pretty much any sci-fi thing ever where basically as long as you establish the rules and follow the rules, I'm okay with it. They establish the rules that these guys are really good at hiding and they're quiet. And when anything scary comes up, they can hide and not be killed. And so that's exactly what happened. So to me, it like it followed its own rules. Nothing crazy happened, I didn't think. Okay. I mean, when when you have the power to burn the places that they're hiding or anywhere that they're hiding, I feel like that kind of negates the ability to hide. Because like, that whole forest was on fire, just not the little parts that they were in. Well, I mean, they, they also set on fire the parts they were in. I just assumed, I don't know. I, to me, it just seemed like, yeah, okay, they ran somewhere else. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to rewatch it and maybe look at it more critically, but I think it's, it's. I don't know. I didn't have any qualms with it, so. Well, that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, so then we got the whole thing with Galadriel and that whole side of things, and we end up meeting the actual Sauron. Which you should be happy, isn't that who you predicted it was going to be? Uh, <laughs> it is who I predicted it was going to be, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'm happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you spent the last seven episodes giving me good reasons why it is Sauron, and now you're upset that it's Sauron. <laughs> what? I I stand by everything I've said, and one of the defining characteristics of Galadriel is that she was the only person that was able to detect Sauron in his disguised form, or there's like a name for it. I forget what it's called. Uh, his, his human form before anyone else. And technically she did do that, but only after spending months with him, like she had no indication that he was evil. And that's like kind of her thing. And so to have that kind of like uh, it, it kind of ruins her character, in my opinion, or, or weakens it. But I did enjoy the reveal. Like I, I like I said, I suspected that he was Sauron most of the series and I had accepted it at that point. 
that this was the case and they did a good job with it. I don't, I don't like the setup, but given what the setup had gave it, 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 they did a good job with it. Yeah. I think that goes back to, I mean, like you said, like technically she did tell or she did find out, but it's like, how are you going to tell that story in a thousand years? Yeah. I got fooled by him for months and then I figured it out. No, you're going to be like, Hey, I figured this out, (laughs) you know? So it's like, it's all how, how history, how you tell the story is how people are going to perceive it. So I think, uh, not to not to say you're not wrong in the fact that she didn't figure it out very quickly, but if she's the one telling people she figured it out, obviously she's not going to say. Well, I mean, this is like a, a pretty big deviation uh, from like what is in the, the books. Like the books, what it is, is she is in the city that they're in. I forget what it's called off the top of my head uh, with Elrond, I believe. And he comes bearing gifts to the elven king and which are the rings of power uh not the three that they crafted those actually were crafted by Kilibrimbor and um like his team like they they crafted those after getting the initial gifts from sauron i believe and or, or he tried to give them the gifts and then Galadriel was like, no, something's off with this guy. I don't, I don't think we should trust him. And then, so they banished him from the city. Um, and so he was successful elsewhere in Elven kingdoms, but just not there because of Galadriel. So like they had, uh, no connection prior to that in the books. And so it's a completely different setup with this show. And like I said, given that I appreciate how the payoff happened. I mean, is that a complete, like, deviation? She still hasn't vanished, and, you know, she's still ultimately the one that figured it out. So the only difference is she just didn't do it immediately? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like her thing is to be able to sense evil in people. Oh, I, I guess, yeah. I, I, I had no idea, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's true. I, I guess I had no background there, so, of course, it didn't bother me at all, but... But like I said, it, they did a good job with it. Like, like... I don't I don't have to like the setup, but I can enjoy the way the the payoff that they had with it. So um I I really did enjoy the the scene where they like go into her mind and like they're kind of like having Yeah, uh, I thought that was awesome. And I wanted I wanted more of that though. I wish that instead of when Galadriel rebuttals like, do you mean heal the lands of Middle Earth or to rule it? And he's like, I see no difference. He's like I, I wish he would have, because that's when, that's obviously when he lost her. And if he's really trying to convince this person, she knows that his vengeance, her vengeance is fueled by her brother's death. Uh, she should be, like, he should be, like, kind of, like, conveying, like, hey, like, I didn't want to kill your brother. Like, he was, like, there's no choice. Morgoth made me, this kind of stuff. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot of that. And I feel like kind of, diving into like the the morally gray like in like we also don't know what middle earth needs to be healed from uh like most people would say it needs to be healed from sauron and so we don't know what he's his real motives are and like i just wish we got more of that that's that's in short what i'm trying to say yeah yeah you just wish he was a better wordsmith essentially <laughs> and that's that's like that's what he is in the books like he is the master deceiver like the only person to be able to like call him out is galadriel um and so like he's able to deceive basically anybody and with his words and like he has a silver tongue and so i just wish they they leaned into that a little bit more yeah yeah for sure i could see that i yeah i i thought i guess uh yeah i mean that's a good point i think when I was initially watching, I thought it was the perfect amount because it was like, I feel like that type of thing could last like a half an episode and you're just like so tired of it by the end. So I thought the nice like three minutes or whatever and it's over. I thought that was uh, pretty good and that they like flashed to essentially the three, you know, or two really important scenes I thought was was pretty good. I it Yeah, I thought it would have been interesting if they like followed it up with her instead of her drowning in that moment them actually jumping over to whatever the city is actually supposed to drown or you know get flooded Numenor 
Yeah, Numenor. I thought it would be interesting if they like went over to Numenor and then they had one more fight there and then it gets flooded and that's what wakes her up. I thought that would have been pretty cool too. Yeah, that would have been cool. But um but yeah, I really I really enjoyed that part. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I just I just want I just want more of that. But I don't understand why he didn't kill her also. I don't know why he would just leave her there. That didn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, if What's-His-Face didn't come up, she would have died, right? She would have actually drowned? I guess, but I mean, that's kind of leaving a lot up to chance. No? Yeah, but I mean, he likes her, right? Like, he likes her. Not enough to not let her drown, I guess, but... Well, I I think it's one of those things where you're like, I'm not actually going to kill her, I'm just going to not save her, per se. It's kind of one of those situations. (laughs) Yeah, Where, okay. you know, if, if someone comes along and saves her, I'll be happy. If someone doesn't, yeah, I'll live with it. Like, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. I guess. I mean, she's a pretty uh, formidable foe, and <laughs> he's going to regret that later in the in his life. But, well, we know that, but... <laughs> yeah, I know, but, I mean, he should know, like, how formative, how formative... I can't say that word, um, even though I just did. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he has that much faith in her. I mean, he's like... He knows he's going to be this all-powerful dude. Like, you know, she's just a teeny little elf. She doesn't have real power, you know? Well, she's a descendant of the gods. Oh, really? Uh, I, I have no idea. No, and I, I feel like he. It, it, it's... it's. I, I'm not going to go into that because it's way more... It's way over my head. But I know it to some level, she's a descendant, maybe not of the gods, but of like the little G gods. Cause there's like different tiers of stuff. And um, anyways. Anyway. Yeah. I just know he was offering her power. So it seemed like she didn't have that much power and he could grant her a lot more. So to me, it seems like they're not really even on the same playing field in terms of what their abilities are or um, will be, I suppose, or what he thinks it will. I don't know. He just seemed way more powerful in the moment than her, so I didn't really question it. And the actor did a good job of conveying that strength. I will, I will agree. Like he, he was able to switch that because, like, he has had a lot of charismatic moments throughout the season, and to sw- to to flip a switch and to be very menacing uh, in all the right ways, he did a good job. Yeah, for sure. And we finally get some rings. We finally got. Some rings of power. Dude, I'm sure I can't be the only one that saw those rings. And I was like, aren't they supposed to be like just a, a round ring with no like whatever they're called? Diamonds or whatever on it. I was like, I swear that's not what it looks like in the Lord of the Rings. It is. Um, they so. But I, I guess to follow up real quickly, I didn't realize how many rings there actually were until they sang that little song at the end right into the credits, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, um, that was really cool. It, it, I had no idea. I thought there were just like, I don't know, three, five rings in total, but it turns out there's like a ton. So that's, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, I believe that's a poem that Tolkien wrote. I could be wrong about that, that they turned into a song. I mean, it seemed very like, yeah, that's kind of what I figured it was like a poem and, or a song or whatever in the books or appendices or whatever it is. Yeah. I thought it was super funny though, when they were like, so we need, a circular object, maybe a crown. It felt like I was, wa- <laughs> I, this is an exaggeration, but I felt like I was watching Blue's Clues like as a kid. And it's just like, what do we, what do you think? Do we, do we make a crown? Do we make a, a oh, you, you think we should make a ring? Oh, let's make a ring. Like, I don't know. It felt, <laughs> it felt very funny to me. That's, I, that's funny because I didn't even think about that. I mean, because when they said a crown, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, why wouldn't you make a crown if it's just going to be for one dude? Like, yeah, make it a crown. And then they're like, oh, we need it smaller. Okay, make rings. <laughs> it totally made sense to me. I didn't question I, it at all. I guess it made sense, but it's like, it's very, uh, like. I mean, obviously, it's obvious because the show is called gonna, The Rings of Power. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. Everyone knows it's going to be rings, and it just felt like. Let's make a crown. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Oh, we don't have enough material. Okay, let's, let's split it up into two. No, no, let's split it up into three. I don't know. It's just, I didn't hate it. I just found it funny. Yeah, I, I low-key thought we were actually going to get a crown. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too dumb. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought I, it was going to be a crown <laughs> and some rings, to be honest. Um, 
No, is but the the whole forging thing was uh, was really fun. I oh, that was that. a sick scene. I really enjoyed that as well. So they did they did a really good job for this episode. And all that to say, I don't know if I'll watch season two. Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I think it was probably the second best one of the season for sure. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I probably I'll probably just wait see what people are saying. You know, like if you just take into account the last three episodes, two of them were pretty good. So if they can just, you know, step up their battering average a little bit, I think season two could be really good. Um, But I'm just going to wait for other people to watch it and tell me if that's true or not. That's kind of that's kind of my new philosophy on most shows, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, there's just so much content that we can do that. But um, yeah, so. I don't know. Yeah. Ultimately, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I'm excited to see the wizard and Nori's adventures. I think that would be really cool. I thought there yeah. were a couple of really cool lines. The one about if you go by yourself, it's a journey, but together it's an adventure. I thought that was a really cool line. Um, yeah. That's going to be on some uh, Hallmark cards. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Some cool, like, uh, it's like a nice picture you hang on your wall or something. Yeah, it's like then, uh, the thing Gandalf says, not all those who wander are lost. Yep, yep, exactly. And then uh, I really enjoyed Galadriel saying to make three rings because one corrupts, two divides, three unites. I thought that was a really cool line and yeah. really cool reasoning. Um, so I don't know if that stuff is in the books, but I really enjoyed those in particular stood out. Like I was like, oh, dang, that's like pretty profound. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good good one-liners uh so it's hard to say because part of me like wants to watch the next season and do like a podcast on it to see if they if it improves at all but i don't know i'm just generally i'm like kind of just saddened by this whole show because i i do really want it i did really want it to be good but it's just the writing was not there i feel like Overwatch two shorts have better writing than uh, <laughs> <laughs> this uh, billion dollar show or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I agree. There should have definitely been some better writing. Um, but I don't know. I, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was a pretty average show. I think in terms of all the shows that are out there nowadays, it's probably in the upper half as opposed to the lower half. I don't um, know, dude. I, I honestly, like, I feel like if this was like a Netflix show and you take out everything tolkien all the names that like remind people of like lord of the rings and tolkien i don't i don't think you ever i don't think we would have ever seen this i think a couple people would have watched it and been like oh yeah it's like great cgi and that'd have been it i like um, i don't think it's good enough for like it to have like even made it through the noise of like netflix originals I don't think that's true. I think I think it would be in the upper half for sure of Netflix originals. I feel like there's a lot of bad shows that they put out. So, and I think even like, I guess I haven't really watched that many Netflix originals, but there's really only like maybe four shows, maybe five that have been like actually really good on Netflix. And there's like so many others out there that are just like straight trash or mid tier. So, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not necessarily saying that like there it would it's worse than those things, but I'm saying it would not have been enough to make it one of those like shows that you would have watched or I would have watched because there's a ton of Netflix originals like you were saying and hardly any of it, any of it makes it through um most people's like watch time. And I don't yeah. I don't yeah. think this would have I, I honestly don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it might have. I think uh, just because it's not like hard TV mature is a big aspect of it. So it's like a very good sci-fi. Okay, maybe not very good, but it's a good sci-fi show fantasy. that you can. Yeah, a fantasy show you can watch as a family. Because like the only other big show, you know, that's out there that's like fantasy that you can watch is or what is another one that you can watch with your kids? I can't think of one. You can you know? see on Apple. There's the 100. There's uh, okay. The 100 is not good. C I've heard is not good. So I honestly, the writing is better in C. I kid you not. 
Uh, well, that might be true. I guess I haven't seen it because literally everyone else I've heard talk about it is like, yeah, it's like pretty not that great. So it's not. But I'm telling you, the writing and the story, the character development is better in C. Sure. Okay. Even if that's true, I'm saying there's not a there's not very many fantasy shows out there that you can watch as a family. And so for that aspect, it, it might have gotten through, especially because yeah, because parents will let their kids watch it. So they're not going to watch, you know, they're not going to let their ten year old kid watch House of the Dragon. You know, I think you underestimate how many fantasy original like Netflix original fantasy shows are out there. I, yeah, I, it's very possible, but I've never heard of them. And I mean, with this kind of budget, you're going to hear about it regardless of its Lord of the Rings. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I think the only reason that like anyone cares mostly is because of the name attached to it and the billions of dollars that Amazon, maybe it's not billions, but millions of dollars Amazon pushed into advertising this show. I think that's the only reason. Well, yeah, but that's why they, they paid for Lord of the Rings was for the name. So that they didn't have to come up with something original. I mean, you know, yep. you take out like the reason it exists is because there's IP already established. So that doesn't mean you can't. You, you, that's it. You're done. You have to put in the effort. And I don't feel like the effort was put in. But anyways, we can go round and round about that all day. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. Glad it's Ultimately. Over. Yeah. I thought it was decent. Um I'm not mad I watched it. Like, I don't think it was a waste of time. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. It's pretty hard for a show to keep keep me watching these days with just how much is out there. So, we'll see. If it gets better, I'll probably watch it. But if it doesn't, then, yeah, I probably won't. So, it's a, it's a 50-50. <laughs> yeah. No, same. So, I think uh, it's a good place to end it. So let's end this episode by saying our name. And if we think Princess Rainies is going to be alive by the end of the next episode. Dang, yeah. What are we going to do after next episode? How are we going to end it? Anyway, that's a problem for another day. All right. My name's Kyle. And I think I think she's going to be alive. I think she's positioned pretty well, regardless. Yeah, so. no, I agree. My name is Brandon. And I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's going to be alive. So. We'll find out, and um, Davis, if you scream loud enough, we might be able to hear you of whether or not <laughs> you think she's alive or not. So just just no matter where you are, when you hear this, just scream it at the top of your lungs. Yep. Riding a jungle cruise. Yeah. Or whatever rides. I don't know the differences between that one and the one that's in Florida. So. Yeah, neither do I. Because so. we're not Disney adults. Maybe someday. Maybe, Maybe someday. when I have kids. We'll see. <laughs> so, all right. See you, Kyle. Yep. Peace out. <laughs>